Hi, and so awesome to have you here on my podcast, Change and Perspective, your podcast for inspiring new ideas for a conscious and sustainable life while traveling and at home. My name is Katrin David. Join me on my adventure to more positivity in the world. Whoa, why is she talking English? Okay, so don't panic. I thought that I still want to keep it in two languages, German and English. But the podcast, you know, I also had the episodes um, with the interviews only in English, but then I had the intro and the outro section in, in German and I thought it's not like everybody could follow the whole episode. So I will still have German episodes where I share my personal knowledge and thoughts, but also English episodes like this one. And this will be the first one where I kind of change it and try it out. So yeah, I hope you like it. And also this podcast will be a special one. I found a super awesome project on Zanzibar and I had a great talk and also a great tour through the whole project with Franco. But like everywhere else on the island, it's really never, never quiet and never a good environment to record a podcast. So I kind of rethought the whole concept of this episode and um, to get the message across also incorporating with the project itself, I thought of a kind of yeah, whole new idea. And um, I recognized that the project is about community building. It's about working together, making the impossible possible. So I got the idea to give a voice to different people in the podcast and to guide you through this project myself and show you the solution that I found on Zanzibar. Without further ado, I hope you like this new format. I hope you keep keep it here. Don't, don't go away, <laughs> try it in English, I'm sure you will be fine and you'll be able to drag a lot of information and positivity from this one. So let's jump straight in. A big, big welcome to you here on my podcast. Thank you for tuning in and spending your time with me. So I said already, this one is special. Right now I'm already in Dubai. Um, which is really, really good because it's quiet, because yeah, I have a room and I can actually record a podcast right now, not like on Zanzibar. Um, okay, but that's only for the context. <laughs> the story for the project actually starts already in the Serengeti. I met a girl, a French girl named Sarah, who volunteered for a project on Zanzibar. And I knew I would go there next, so I asked her for a contact. And after I've sent some me messages back and forth with Laura, um, who works for this permaculture project on Zanzibar, she directed me to Agnes. And um, Agnes was then the woman who showed me the project on Zanzibar. We fixed the time and date and we met. So by then I only knew, okay, I will go to a permaculture project, but what I didn't know, that I would see a lot, lot more and would learn a lot more than I could have ever imagined. 
by the time we arrived at the permaculture school, it was really crazy because we spent the first days in Stonetown, which is basically the biggest town or the main city on Zanzibar. And it's, it's loud, it's crowded, it's narrow streets and everybody's moving and talking. And then I arrived at the project, which was in the middle of nowhere, a lot of nature, a lot of plants. It was really, really cool. And um, what I learned then was that the project is not only about permaculture, but also about social sustainability. It's about giving a perspective to young people. Agnes showed me around and told me what they do. So the main thing is really that they have a four-month empowerment course for young people and for women. So they give knowledge and soft skills to basically develop them to be ecopreneurs, what they call them, so that they can develop their own projects in gardening and composting and be farmers or work at different jobs in the community and also share their knowledge back in the community. What I really found inspiring that they also had in mind like, okay, we have to empower especially the women because they have to build their own life. They have to be independent. Even if they have children in the end and be at home, it's also, it's still, I mean, they will still be in the community. They have a lot to give. So they train the women and also the men to educate others. They give them soft skills. They mentor them. Even if this four months are over, they still keep in touch and help them to set up their own businesses and basically to get leaders, leaders of sustainability in the end. The project is called Fosakijani and it's free for them. And you may ask yourself, okay, so how do they finance it? And um, they also here um, in this Permaculture Institute, they also have different courses. So they have courses for building soil, how to set up a garden, or also like different workshops only for a day or for a week. People pay for it. So they come there, get the knowledge, they pay for it. Also, for example, maybe hotels that want to set up a garden, they go there, learn about permaculture, learn about gardening, pay for it, and then the money goes to Fusakijani, to the women and to the other project. What they also have is money from another NGO, which is called Milele Foundation. Just wanted to mention it here as well. But in the end, they are financially sustainable. I found that super interesting because he said, um, and because they said, okay, um, you can do a lot of good things, but in the end, you also have to keep in mind that it has to be financially sustainable, that you can keep going with what you do, that you keep changing and yeah, keep the project, the good things going as long as it needs to be and that it doesn't rely on any, like, I don't know, founders that can from one day to the other, like, okay, I cut the money, it's that now. So, yeah, it has to be like a whole concept, basically. 
But let's see what Agnes has to say about the project. So Agnes, you are now working nearly a month with also with the project and why did you choose to work here? Uh, my first thought when I heard about permaculture, I didn't know about it. But since the, the woman who interviewed me was interested that I said I love uh, uh, agroecology, and I was doing a, by then I was doing a course on agroecology. She said, oh, that is interesting. So you love, uh, you love farming? I said, yes, I prefer organic farming over using chemicals. So she said, okay, this project is also doing that. And we also do the uh, designing of our life according to, uh, in a way which is in harmony with nature. So I said, okay, I'm going to learn more about it because I only knew about organic farming. And that, is, that was my initial uh, interest to join the project. What do you like most about it when you, uh, is it like meeting all the people, is it, is it work, um, the vision, I don't know, what do you like most about it? It's a combination of things. I mean it's meeting new people because I never lived in this community before so I am learning new things from them. But also with the project I learn a lot. I never knew I can make uh, soil and that was completely a new idea to me. And after I came here, I also learned about natural medicines for both plants and people. So I am learning a lot of, of things. It's also it's combination of work and also with people I meet who are teaching me a lot of new things which I didn't know also. Thank you. Okay. So Agnes made a really good point about making soil. The ground or the, the soil on Zanzibar is really rough. It's a lot of coral ground and the people there mostly don't know that they can build their own soil. So it's almost every time a big wow effect. And um, there's, a, there's a saying, an African saying, seeing is believing. So by the time they got there, the people and learn about making their own soil, they actually believe that they can, yeah, grow what they want to eat and have. So there's this permaculture school and this is only one reason why Franco came to Zanzibar. So Franco, who's that? Uh, that was a surprise for me as well. Um, it was, this was the guy that showed us around I didn't know about at the beginning. From one minute to the other, we were in a sustainable town project. Agnes told us, okay, yeah, so I'll show you around here, but then we go to Fumba town. And I read about it in the beginning. I knew what it is kind of, but like not really. So we got there, met Franco, walked around, and I was really overwhelmed by it. But let's start from the beginning, maybe. <laughs> What is permaculture actually and what is the idea behind Fumatown? I think we should ask Franco himself. Is it working? Okay, good. So um, my question would be when you meet someone that doesn't know anything about what you do in your daily life, about your projects, your ideas, your vision, what do you tell people um, Yeah, what you're doing and what your vision of the town we just saw um, How would you describe it? 
Usually what I tell people is that I do permaculture and then they would ask me, what is that? And then I say, it is a design science to create sustainable human settlements that function in harmony with nature. Shorted up is the people care, earth care, and the fair share between the two. So we are developing a town where we can live together with the environment and create something which we can cooperate with one another. That's amazing. Okay, and um, so there's this, um, so you just started with permaculture and it all like has been put together with different projects. Can you tell me what like, where did you start and how did you, um, what we already talked about, how did you like put it all together with, with the town and the other things you always like, the media project and all that? The whole story? Maybe short version. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what I said is uh, uh, I, I was working as a chef, or as a manager for a hotel, and they have asked me to improve on the quality of the food. Mm -hmm. So we wanted, obviously, you need a good product to create a good dish. So we were looking at what way can we go, organic farming, and I heard before about permaculture, so I find more out about it. And then there was a course, I took that course and I fall in love with like learning how nature is functioning and how can we cooperate with it and how do we also depend on it and how we can design consciously systems we live in so we can benefit from this relationship. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, someone came, I met somebody that said we, we, uh, uh, we want to build a town And the landscape we want to do uh, uh, in a nice and green way because we also have children. And then we talked about the permaculture and the concept of uh, uh, the people care, earth care and fair share. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then they asked me uh, to work with them. And uh, it wasn't our my first aim to, to build, to work in a city. And I wanted to live in the bush, you know, with all animals. <laughs> But then I saw the impact that we could have if we create a system because soon 70% of all people are going to live in cities. So if mm -hmm. we can design them better and greener, mm -hmm. then that would be a great, com a, 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 a great contribution to humanity and, and for future generations and also for my children. Amazing. Thank you. You're welcome. Franco told us a lot more than I recorded here with him. He told us about his love to Africa and what he always wanted to live in the wild, how he set up a sustainable Maasai Lodge that is run by locals, even still right now. And what I found most inspiring is that when you actually understand it's not about your help, it's not about that you want to change something in the world, you go somewhere and you do something, It's about letting go. It's about empowering people, give your knowledge and trust. Franco is not a better person than any African farmer. He has just more or maybe different knowledge and he can use it to transform the life of the farmers and the whole community where he went, where he wanted to make a change. And what I also found interesting is that Franco had a different point of view and that really never came across until he said it. So he didn't went to Africa to save it. He didn't say, okay, I will go there and I want to save Africa. I want to save this and that. No, 
Zanzibar is now his new home. He sees issues. He wants to help to overcome these challenges. He said he wants to leave the world in the same or better condition. And that you always have to keep in mind the other person's point of view. So he might only have in mind, okay, what is what is in for me? What's, what's the money value? Is it financially sustainable? And right now, actually, people see it works and the sales point changes to sustainable. So it's actually now a reason to do something. And yeah, that's, that's just amazing. So don't accept what is around you, change it. Um, okay, what I will do, I just started actually right now. What I will do is I will tell you more what Franco told me about the project and about my feeling when I visited Fumba Town and what it all meant. So Franco is part of a group and no one ever built a town or something similar. That means he said it, he put it like, okay, we had a, we had a fresh mind. No occupation in the system. We just learned by doing. There was no ABC, like a strict plan or something. They just started small, got bigger, and step by step. It all started with um, Sebastian and Katrin. <laughs> they are also Germans, and they moved to, or they wanted to move to Zanzibar and wanted to do it different, but wanted to build a home for themselves, but different, like in a sustainable way. So what is Fumba Town? Fumba Town is a community. It incorporates with nature. So there's this bigger picture of living together in harmony. Um, we went there and in the end of our tour, we stood at a roof and it was so huge and it wasn't even finished. And he told us it's one and a half kilometers times 750 meters. So that's, yeah. It's not like it's a small, tiny, tiny town with a few houses. It's really big. There are some houses like, like you, I think it's really German. It looks like German standards, like one family house to the next family house. And then there's also a big, big tower where you have apartments in, um, I think it was um, five or six floors high, maybe. I don't know. And when you get there, we entered it and you already felt green is basically the dominating, yeah, the dominating color. And he told us everything we saw is just at the beginning. They planted everything just a few months ago. And he said they're looking it to be like a, yeah, like a eatable garden or a forest. So it also cools down the whole city for about um, one degree as well. So there are papaya trees, moringa, lettuce, fruits, everywhere. And always with a permaculture con concept um, in the background. Another really important aspect of Fumba Town is that they want the people to be a part of it. So they develop the city with them and not for them. So they just gave a frame and they want the people to fill it. So they ask them, okay, what do you need? 
um, do you need a community fire? Do you, what do you want to grow in your garden? And the funny thing is, they chose vegetables instead of flowers. They chose, they chose eco houses instead of normal concrete houses. 65% are now eco houses in Fumba Town. That's so cool. And also the playground. Um, they really asked the children what they want. So they build it with material from the island. Um, yeah, it's just amazing. And the children love it. The playground actually finished when we got there and they had it opened a few weeks ago. And yeah, it just looks really, really cool. And for all the people that are potential residents, they had a questionnaire. So they asked them, why do you want to live here? What is the story behind it? Share it. And that way they also build the community. They want the people to follow the rules and the concept. So they had to agree to use no chemicals. They had to agree to use the waste management system. And some people were still like, okay, but what about mosquitoes? I mean, I need to fight them or so. Um, but it's really a dialogue. So they told them, no, you mean nature knows best. Uh, we have a water system. The water in the end will always end up in the plants, in the vegetables. And in, when there's no water on the streets, when there are no small ponds or water thingies, uh, there'll be no mosquitoes because they need water to put their little eggs in it. Uh, yeah, so it's all about reusing water. What I also mentioned is the waste system. So Zanzibar has no system. It just has francotodos. I'm not sure if it's true, but francotodos, there's just a big hole and they put everything in there and they don't know how to handle it. Although 60% of the garbage is organic. So Franco and all the others, they started to tell people, hey, organic waste is not waste, it's valuable. You can make soil with it. So that's where they start and actually try to educate people. And they themselves are the first to develop a garbage concept. And by now they know um, what to do with 80% of the rubbish, which is amazing already. I mean, 80% and they are still in the beginning. So the waste system, from what I believe, is also a good example to show two main aspects of Fuma Town. First of all, the community. So the waste gets collected, um, they put it in bins and they call the whole bin area green room. So it's not a stinky place where no one wants to be. It's really also a place to get together, to have a talk. They, they grow henna plants, you know, the... Um, the plants where you get the henna from to paint, for example, the hands. What they do here are also soap nuts they can use to, to wash with. So yeah, really, really cool. So there's this community aspect. There's also the simple concept. Um, for them, it was most important that people can copy it, that they don't use a lot of money not some fancy, not some fancy 
expensive things from Europe nobody can buy and they just yeah don't don't know how to do it themselves it's really about use your brain get creative share what you know spread it and that everybody can start as well so you don't need much money you can just start with what you have here look see what I did I don't have much money I've put like small bins separated the different kind of waste and then figured out how I can reuse it, how I can recycle it, or also make soil from it. The same is actually with the housing concept. The whole concept of these eco-houses, right now the government is even interested. I mean, that's really crazy for me. Um, he said in a few years they would also live in eco-houses. And what kind of statement is that? If the government actually lives in eco-houses so yeah just inspiring to see what can happen and what you could have never imagined when you started so to complete from from what i told you about fumatown or the whole yeah group or concept where franco and all the others work in he also mentioned another cool things they just started i think that's really crazy like They were like, okay, we have this project, that one, that one. I was like, okay, really, really cool. They just, it's not like they have a, like, <laughs> it's not like they have a difficult, uh, like, setup plan for anything. They just do what they think is right. For example, they um, want to link tourism with permaculture. So people that visit Zanzibar, they do spice tours, village tours, but why not permaculture? The idea behind this is to create a win-win-win situation for themselves, for the tourists and also the hotels because the hotels can then contribute with a tour to develop a waste management system in general. So they can manage their own waste, um, they can compost right in the hotel, they can clean the city, they can... Yeah, support Fumba Town and the whole project to develop the waste management system, maybe to spread to the whole island. I don't know. Um, because he said right now, four out of five tourists go home and say Zanzibar is dirty. And I mean, the hotels also want the people to come back. So they are basically part of the problem. Um And another thing is that they want to do more education. I always think and I agree with them when they say education is the key. And they started a project called Let's Do It Zanzibar. So they want to educate people on waste and what it means and what you can do with it. That they need to take care of the earth and that they, yeah, because... I mean, when you drive around Zanzibar, yeah, it's beautiful, definitely. There's a lot of nature, there's stunning beaches, um, but still also a lot of rubbish. Not so much on the beaches, but also in the villages, in the small town, in the middle of the island. And the people don't know better. They just leave it anywhere. And that's that's where, yeah... 
where it started and where you have to say, okay, that we have to educate, we have to tell people what they can do about it. So this is basically what I wanted to add about Fumatown and everything else that they are doing. In the end, let's listen to John. He's a permaculture teacher from Tanzania and he works at the Permaculture Institute. What I really found crazy is that he's a Maasai. Um, I don't know if, if you know what the Maasai tribe is about or what they are famous for, but maybe you saw a movie or something. Those are the ones that, yeah, they only or nearly only keep cattle. They eat meat. And those are the ones who drink blood from the cows. So this guy um, came from the Maasai and he now does permaculture. And only because he learned from different kind of people, he got a new point of view. He learned a different kind of farming and has a different understanding of nature right now. Okay, so here's John. Okay, John, so you are basically leading here the permaculture project mm -hmm. on um, Zanzibar. What do you like the most? Why, do you, why did you choose to go for permaculture? Uh, for me, I just uh, choose to go to the permaculture because also my tribe is the Maasai. So from my family, all the Maasai just like keeping cows, all animals, like goat and sheep and everything. So from the way I was born in from my family, my family is the farmers. So through my family, I just learning about the garden and the animals and so on. And later I go to primary school up to secondary school and then uh, I get also the uh, knowledge about uh, uh, agriculture and uh, later after I finish secondary school I getting also the, uh, the job for the Italy people. So from there I just get the idea to say okay what I need to choose to do it I, I suggestion to working with uh, people about our environments, how to plant the trees, how to uh, grow and how to keep, how to pruning. And uh, from that way, I getting also the Australia ladies, five Australia people coming to Tanzania, Arusha region, and uh, starting 2005, starting the institute there, which is called a food water shelter for orphanage. And from there, I get in the job 2007 and I get in the chance to be a farm manager and I do there two, 10 years and from that time up to now, many people know me from Kenya, from Uganda, from Germany, from Australia, from Canada, uh, South Africa. So I get more friends. Mm -hmm. So from now up to now, I just like to I'm a permaculture teacher and I like to create and also to make my family, children, maybe to uh, replace me when I'm old. So I like to yeah. learn in permaculture and from there I'm a permaculture teacher now. So you create basically an environment for the future also because permaculture is 
also having the whole concept in mind, the environment in, in, in the background, it's all, all connected. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that I just see sometimes advise people mm -hmm. because people just say, okay, I'm a, I'm a farmer or I'm a permaculture, but people just planting small things for maybe for short time, lettuce, chili, but not for help for future. So I just see teaching people how to have a foresty, food foresty, mm -hmm. and uh, to planting like uh, avocados, orange, guava, uh, jackfruit, uh, and uh, mangoes, so on. And uh, because when you plant jackfruit, mangoes, this is for long term and for future. Mm -hmm. So people are just teaching, and uh, you are not, uh, when you are doing organic or permaculture, you are not uh, use a lot of money to buy chemical mm. or maybe to say, okay, I need to go to hospital to buy medicine because you just see everything around you is their medicine. Yeah, yeah. it's mm. amazing. Mm. Sam, maybe anything you would like to say to all the German people that are listening right now? Any advice? Uh -huh. Life advice? Yeah, oh, my advice, okay. Uh, I think because now I'm meeting a lot of German in Zanzibar. In Arusha I meet, but not a lot like here. I think uh, for me, my, what I saw like like uh, like seventy percent uh, people in Zanzibar, for it people is uh, German people. So also I like the way where the German people come in Zanzibar or Tanzania and sharing the knowledge and uh, maybe sometime coming and uh, because when I say to share the knowledge, maybe sometime you come in, you know something and uh, uh, people from uh, Tanzania, you don't know something. So you just sharing, you get something from me and I get something for you. So I just engage German people to ask to come Tanzania, to love Tanzania because uh, also the good country, no any problem. and. Uh, he just he learning a lot about uh, spice because Zanzibar is a spice land. So mm -hmm. he just coming to learning something and to create more idea and also to try to show maybe Africa people to have a, a different uh, maybe idea because maybe some people he just he stay okay I have a, a education but he don't know. Or maybe how to use resources which is around because like Franco is a good uh, a good uh, permaculture teacher from uh, German and he, that is my friend who is just bring me here. He just he come in Zanzibar. Now he just he, you see Fumba Town, the big nursery, more trees, uh, good environment because he just collected all the dustbin in the Zanzibar, all the rubbish, and people say this is the rubbish. But now everyone looking rubbish is changed to be uh, like a capital because you get a bigger a compost and selling for people and using to, uh, to, to planting trees, uh, vegetables. Mm -hmm. So that idea I get him from Franco and I like maybe people to come in to have different mm -hmm. idea how to recycle in bottles. Different things, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Just to share. Yeah. That. yeah. 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 It's Thank you. In the end, it's about changing the world one step at a time. Just start from where you are. Learn from others. Keep it simple. Try, fail, try again. Learn from it. Inspire others. 
just like Fumba Town. It's all about sharing. It's about spreading knowledge, empowering people, give them work, create income. And in the end, this income will create education. Education is just the key to everything. This is what I... This is just small things that I learned from Franco and from Agnes, John, and everybody we met that day. It's just amazing. Amazing to meet all those inspiring people and yeah, to see what they are doing on Zanzibar. I hope you had fun listening to this episode, that you were able to learn from it and yeah, from the knowledge of the different people to know got a first idea about permaculture, what it means about our supply of food in the future, how we can empower people, educate them, share knowledge, and also rethink the concept of our towns. I mean, this, what I told you about, it happens in Africa, on an island in the middle of Africa. Why? What kind of projects do we have in Germany or Europe? Maybe you guys can tell me. But yeah, why don't we live in sustainable towns? We do have all the engineers and knowledge directly there. So why don't we change something? So how do we want to live in the future? In case you like this episode and you want more people to learn from it, share it, put a review here on iTunes or wherever you are listening to this episode. I would love to read your feedback, give me your questions, like, please. <laughs> and I put also the links from Fumba Town, from the Permaculture Institute and everything in the info box. And in case you want to follow my journey, hop on Instagram. It's in English and German. Um, it's called Weltblick 2.0. I've put in the info box as well. And there's also a link to my blog. This is mostly in German, but if you, there's also some English there. So there are also all the links and information from this episode there. So yeah, in case you might want to check that out. So thanks again for listening. Thank you for choosing positivity and change. Thank you for being inspiring soul that you are and Thank you for making this world a better place. Please always keep in mind, sometimes you just need to change your perspective. And I will promise you, the world around you will change as well. <laughs>